The Island Digest is a sampling of the stories in this week's Journal of the San Juans, Islands Sounder, and Islands Weekly, which are on newsstands now. The August 10th edition is brought to you by Orcus Center. Headlines from the week of August 10th, 2022. Quack, quack, the fair is back. Helping families with kindergarten readiness. 100th Birthday Club Bash, Picnic is August 14th. Glenwood Inn finger-pointing continues. Plus, choice excerpts from the Sheriff's Log. In local headlines, from the Journal of the San Juan Islands, Quack Quack, the fair is back. The San Juan County Fair is back in person August 17th through 20th for the first time since the start of the COVID-19 pandemic. With new food vendors, thousands of entries, a carnival, and an estimated 8,000 attendees, the event is a celebration of our county's talents, interests, and unique qualities. Every sector of our community has come together to share interesting agricultural and still-life exhibits, delicious fair food, and incredible entertainment all week long, said Parks and Fair Director Brandon Cadwell. This year's theme is a bingo reference, Two Little Ducks Quack Quack, which refers to when I-22 is called during a bingo game. In honor of the theme, nightly bingo games will be held every evening at the community stage. It's free to play and exciting prizes await. The fair showcases over 27 open class and 4-H departments include baking, food preservation, cattle, fiber and textile arts, photography, and many more. The carnival opens around 12 noon daily, and the food court is stocked with something for everyone. Local favorites, including High Noon Games, Trash and Fashion, Fair Feud, and the Zucchini 500 are all coming back to the fair. Attendees can meet Matt Henry, a world champion juggler also known as the Bubble Man, at the community stage every day or sit in on dozens of educational talks at the Agricultural Awning and the Green Village. The music lineup this year incorporates great regional bands from San Francisco, Reno, and Seattle, to name a few, said Caleb Turner, the organizer of this year's musical acts. We have world-class musicians playing alongside local talent. Jam out to the various musical acts every evening at the main stage. On Wednesday, discover the County Fairhouse Band and Seattle-based band Whalian, an eclectic high-energy rock fusion band. Thursday features psychedelic rock band Forest Ray, and Friday gives attendees a chance to get funky with the true loves. On Saturday, folk band Bolero takes the main stage. The four days also feature local acts like River Rye, San Juan Island All-Star Band, and Mudbath. Thanks to San Juan Transit, Fairgoers from other islands can ride a free shuttle to the fairgrounds. The shuttle is timed with every inter-island boat and helps make the event accessible to walk-ons. The fair is the biggest and brightest event that showcases the best of the islands, said Cadwell. I hope everyone can come out to celebrate the community. 
For more information about the fair, visit www.sjcfair.org. From the Islands Sounder Helping Families with Kindergarten Readiness by Colleen Smith For families who would like to send their children to preschool but need help with tuition, applications, or health exams, there is local assistance available. The Early Childhood Education and Assistance Program is a comprehensive preschool program that provides free services and support to eligible children and their families. Funded by the state and organized locally by San Juan County's Department of Health and Community Services, ECAP helps children and families prepare for kindergarten. When we have parents who are under stress, particularly during the pandemic, having a network around you and your child is so important, said San Juan County ECAP coordinator Ethna Flanagan. For those who qualify, ECAP pays for preschool tuition to Orcas Island Children's House, Orcas Island Montessori School, Kaleidoscope, Kaleidoscope Forest School, and Lopez Children's Center. The program serves kids ages 3 to 4, Participants must be three by August 31st. Families also receive nutritious meals and snacks during the school day. ECAP received $1 million from the State Department of Children, Youth, and Families, the majority of which is going straight to services and tuition for island families. There are 60 slots for Orcas and Lopez, and around three-quarters are filled. Qualification is based on either income, current participation in early support for infants and toddlers services, or developmental and environmental risk factors. To apply, contact Chelsea Guilford, Health Program Specialist, at 360-643-6239 or chelsieg at sanjuanco.com. Learn more about San Juan County's ECAP here, www.sanjuanco.com backslash 422 backslash early dash childhood dash education dash assistance dash pro. The state median income level is higher now, so more families qualify, but it's not just based on income. There are a lot of considerations that can make you eligible, Guilford explained. As a program specialist, Guilford provides an individualized plan for each family. She helps fill out forms for any kind of assistance or program, keeps track of immunizations, well-child exams, and dental checkups, and administers vision and hearing screenings. She accomplishes all this thanks to a state grant that paid for high-end equipment. We've been able to catch medical issues that would have gone undetected before. Guilford said. ECAP pays for everything. There are no copays, And families can come to me for anything, even questions like, is this normal? One parent told me it's like having a therapy session, just being able to talk to me. ECAP also collaborates with Orcas Community Resource Center for the Kindergarten Transition Banquet every year and helps coordinate the free dental van in San Juan County. Both Flanagan and Guilford stressed how vital preschool is for young ones. Teaching kids social skills are lifelong skills that they need, Guilford said. 
ages 0 to 5 are so critical for their development. Children need the peer interactions and learning environment that preschool can provide. ECAP is committed to racial equity and social justice. Heidi Bruce provides translation services for Spanish-speaking clients, and Guilford says all details provided by clients are confidential. ECAP is about meeting families emotionally and mentally where they are in life, she said. For families in fear of deportation, all information given is confidential and will not be shared with government agencies outside of ECAP. Our goal is to help you and your child be prepared for kindergarten and keep families together. From the Islands Weekly, 100th Birthday Club Bash. Picnic is August 14th. Back in 1921, at the Lopez farmhouse that is now the McKay Harbor Inn, Santa Trowns and nine of her South End friends celebrated her 50th birthday with a vow to continue to meet regularly and support families in times of need. One hundred years later, with a one-year pandemic delay, the Lopez Historical Museum will celebrate the centennial of what became known as the Birthday Club, on Sunday, August 14th, on the museum grounds with a picnic, music, and old-fashioned children's games, including the famous Lopez Live Chicken Race. It's remarkable that the Birthday Club has been around for 100 years, said Amy Frost, director of the History Museum. When we were approached about helping them celebrate their centennial, our answer was a resounding yes. Ginger Lowell, the museum's collections manager, said the club started out as a mutual aid society, whose members sewed quilts, clothing, layettes for new mothers, and collected food and other supplies for families facing hardships. If someone's house burned down, they'd help resupply the family, Lowell said. She noted that the museum has a decade's worth of birthday club minutes from 1938 through 1948, which includes some of their activities. Members rolled bandages and raised money for the Red Cross during World War II, Lowell said. They also held an annual December bazaar, whose proceeds went to different charitable causes. Lowell said the group met monthly, and whoever's birthday fell in that month put the number of pennies equal to their age. She said except for a brief time out during the pandemic, the Birthday Club has continued to meet and hold programs. The 100th Birthday Bash is being combined this year with the History Museum's annual picnic and will feature music, refreshments, and old-fashioned games, including gunny sack races, egg-on-a-spoon races, and live chicken races. The picnic will run from 1.30 to 4 p.m. with cake served at 3. Sally Trowns Stein whose grandmother was a charter member of the Birthday Club, said it was formed at a time when the island population wasn't more than about 500 people and few owned cars. The South End, she said, was one of three distinct areas of Lopez, along with Point Stanley and Lopez, now the village, each with its own school and social life. The joke was you needed a passport to visit the South End, she said. Her cousin, Carol Trowns-Mager, who grew up in the old farmhouse, 
said she wasn't surprised that her grandmother helped found the club. She was outgoing, a hard worker, and she had a big house. She was always having people in. But it wasn't just her. It was all these South End ladies who would get together to have a good time with a purpose. In County News, Glenwood Inn Fingerpointing Continues by Heather Spaulding After confusion between the San Juan City Council, Land Bank, and San Juan Preservation Trust regarding the recently purchased Glenwood Inn, an executive session was scheduled on August 2nd to discuss disciplinary action against Land Bank Director Lincoln Borman. Islanders came out in force to speak during citizens' access time. This is an example of what not to do, said Amanda Azu of San Juan Island. She added that the council had not taken responsibility for their part of the miscommunication and continues to fingerpoint at Borman. The Glenwood Inn acquisition, which is 58 acres on Orcas Island, has been called one of the most complicated real estate transitions by land bank commissioners and staff, as well as SJPT staff, due to the pressures of the negotiation, funding, and that multiple parties were involved. The crux of the issue is a county resolution signed June 14th, retaining the rights to two development areas. San Juan County Council members have said they would like to see a portion of the property developed to include work housing. Land Bank and Preservation Trust representatives say they were not aware of this intention. In my 11 years of interactions with Lincoln, I have never seen him distort the truth. I think the council is making a mistake, San Juan Island attorney Doug Strandberg told the packed room. Maureen C., also of San Juan Island, told the council she spoke for a group of people who were deeply concerned about the situation. There is plenty of blame to go around, C. stated, adding that no one should have to work in a hostile work environment even if mistakes were made. Former San Juan County Deputy Prosecuting Attorney Karen Vedder of San Juan Island provided legal counsel to the land bank for over a decade. I realize the islands are a different place than when I retired, she said. Lincoln is responsible for 75 acquisitions as director of the land bank and has raised over $50 million in grants. Three individuals encouraged the council to pursue disciplinary action. This is not the first time this has happened. It is not a one-off, said Remy Amaro, who with her husband, Lance Amaro, owns property next to the Mount Grant Preserve, adding that she had watched a number of meetings between council and Borman over the years and said there were many instances where Borman gave council reasons why various real estate transactions needed to be rushed. Lance Amaro asked the council to determine one question. Were they misrepresented? If you were, then the only result is termination, he said. San Juan Islander Ron Whalen, who has a neighboring property to the Zilstra Lake Preserve, also told the council that he had a lot of information regarding Borman's past behavior that he would like to give to them. 
The trust has submitted a grant, jointly with the land bank, to the Puget Sound Acquisition and Restoration Fund that could potentially provide $3 million toward the Glenwood project. The grant application states that the trust's conservation easement would extinguish 10 of the 11 development rights that come with the parcel. Development of the upper lands of the property could impact any forage fish habitat on the beach. This, in turn, impacts salmon, which impacts southern resident orcas, which is the reason the grant could be affected. Prior to citizens' access, the council voted to send a letter to the PSAR Large Capital Project reviewers expressing support for the grant and thanking them for considering funding for the project. During the afternoon session on August 2nd, the council met with Deputy Prosecuting Attorney Amy Vera to sign Resolution 21-2022, which amended the June 14th resolution that contradicted the grant proposal. SJPT Executive Director Angela Anderson joined the group online to address the council. And now, choice excerpts from the San Juan County Sheriff's Log. On July 27th, a San Juan deputy was flagged down regarding litter. The litter, including a broken glass pipe, was removed from the sidewalk. The owner of the litter was located and issued a citation. A San Juan deputy observed three individuals smoking marijuana at a local playground. All three individuals were issued citations for consuming marijuana in public. On July 28th, a deputy on Orcas had a vehicle towed that had been parked on North Beach for over a month. A Lopez deputy responded to a report of a sheep on the road. By the time the deputy arrived, the roads were clear and the reported sheep turned out to be a goat, which was gone. On July 29th, a San Juan deputy observed the driver of a vehicle going the wrong way on a one-way street, but was unable to conduct a traffic stop as the deputy was driving to an injury accident. A citation, however, was mailed to the driver. On July 30th, a Lopez deputy responded to a citizen assist. A concerned parent called to report that their teenage child may have taken a vehicle for a drive without permission. A Lopez deputy responded to a noise complaint. A small group of individuals having a late-night campfire were given a warning for boisterous singing. On July 31st, a deputy on San Juan responded to a report of vandalism. A pride sign was ripped in half and a mailbox was bent over. There are no suspects or leads at this time, and the incident was documented. A deputy responded to a report of three loose cows on someone else's property on San Juan. The deputy investigated the incident and was able to contact the owners, who took care of the issue. On August 2nd, San Juan deputies responded to a report of a domestic incident between two juvenile brothers. The incident was documented. And that concludes the local news from this week, August 10th, 2022. This edition of the Island Digest is brought to you by Orcas Center. 
Orcus Center is presenting a free summer concert series in the Village Green in East Sound running through August. Learn more at www.orcuscenter.org. Thank you for listening to the Island Digest, a small sampling of what's in your local print newspapers this week. The journal, Sounder, and Weekly rely upon advertising, subscriptions, and donations to support our mission of high-quality community journalism. To contribute, visit our websites or email publisher Colleen Smith-Summers at csmith at soundpublishing.com. Thanks again for listening. This is Caleb Summers, and I hope you'll tune in again next week.